Support for this episode comes from Yakima Chief Hops. Yakima Chief Hops is a 100% farmer-owned hop supplier with a mission to connect the family farms of the Pacific Northwest with brewers across the globe. With a growing competitive market, YCH understands the need to continuously brew exceptional quality beers. This is why YCH is focused on developing innovative hop products and research-based resources that provide real solutions in the brew house and help brewers take their beers to the next level. Yakima Chief Hops works with breweries of all sizes across the globe, from home and nano brewers to craft and macro. To find out more about YCH, visit www.yakimachief.com. During one of their first dates, enjoying pints of mild, a couple while away the evening in one of the UK's most fashionable cities. But no, we're not talking about 2022. Instead, this is Liverpool in the late 1980s. And although they were both working in hospitality back then, little did Julie and Les O'Grady know that some 30 years on, they'd be running a different hospitality business of their own. Hello and welcome to the Brewer's Journal podcast. My name is Tim Sheehan, editor of the Brewer's Journal. And I'm Ross McPherson. A lot can happen in 30 or so years. For Julie and Les O'Grady, they'd meet at Dunny's Sports and Social Club. They'd get married and have two children. Les would run a successful aquatics company, while Julie had a decorated career in the NHS. But after Les decided to call time on that venture, he'd hang up his fishing net and pick up his mash paddle, with Julie joining full-time several years later. And only last weekend, Neptune Brewery, the business they co-founded, celebrated its seventh birthday. It's a business that has grown and expanded since starting out in 2015, and it's one that looks set for its biggest year yet in 2022. As the dust settled on those well-deserved birthday festivities, we caught up with Julian Les to discuss the journey so far, the road ahead, and start by going back to the very beginning. Les was my boss. Yeah. Um, and, and now I'm not. <laughs> and, now it's, and now it's changed. So yeah, um, yeah, it was, it was a social club that my dad was actually the, the manager after he retired, he was an electrician by trade and then he became a, um, the manager of this social club and Les was working part-time at the time and then he became full-time. And I worked for a couple of hours each week, just like extra extra money. And the two of us just really hit it off. You know, um, we had similar ideas on life and, and things. And... We, we, we used to go for a drink just as friends, you know, at the ends of the shift or whatever, we'd go for a couple of drinks. And, you know, after like six months, I think the both of us realised it was a little bit more, you know, than just becoming friends. And, yeah, we started going out with each other. And as they say, the rest is history. After three years, we were, we were married and uh, Rebecca came along after 12 months. And then a year later, Sarah came along but 
yeah, it's, it's funny that the two of us just, it's, it's weird how we were in the, the business of being hospitality when we met and obviously serving people with beers. Um, and we got married actually in the social club as well because we had a lot of friends and community there as well. And then it just seems to have come full circle as us now, you know, we own our own brewery and we've got the tap room and everything. So yeah, the two of us have been married now for 30 years together for 33. The duo would meet at Dunny's Sports and Social Club in Walton, Liverpool. It's a spot that would be the eventual birthplace of Neptune Brewery, a brewery that continues to grow and expand. It was one of those pubs you're looking at now, late, late 80s when Les and I first met. So it was like John Smith's and Carling and Guinness. It, you, you know, there certainly wasn't any craft on, on the bar. You know, we used to make snake bites as well. You know, people would roll out and, yeah, mild, lots of mild. And I remember having my first taste of mild and I was like, you know, 19, do I like this beer or do I not like it? It's, you know, but yeah, I say there were, there were good times that we fondly think about. And as I say, the two of us have a, a very similar outlook on, on life. We bounce ideas off, off each other as well. And, you know, um, we're very much a, a partnership in the sense of us being an, a couple, but also with regards to, to the, the brewery as well. Les has fantastic strengths in, you know, he's, he's very, got a brilliant business mind because obviously the aquatics business um, so he's very good at that and obviously brewing as well. Whereas for me, I'm very much on the people side of things, you know, for the sales. I love doing the events and, you know, things like that. So the two of us work very well. And now we've got the, the team as well. Chess has come on board as well. And she's amazing. I didn't think I knew anybody who could talk more than me. But there you go. Now I have. And she she always laughs at, laughs at that. Um, yeah, you know, she's, she's a great asset to, to the team. Um, Gav, who used to be our, our Dre, and he used to help out the brewery. We brought him in full time now to, to be in the brewery. So he supports Les. And JP, who has always done our graphics since inception, he used to do it on a part time basis. And then we've got so busy that we've brought him in, in as a full time job so we left his other job um who we was working for lippe in liverpool um and he's now full-time with us and he's kept very busy with all the the graphics that he's doing cans and posters and so much more as well and then andy has come in and he does our dre three days a week for local and just further further out so and then um, we also have will who helps out in the tap room and having just toasted their seventh birthday, sometimes it's important to take a step back and look at the achievements they've clocked up in that time. Yeah, we saw, actually someone sent me a picture. Uh, our original brew kit is in being of O now. We, uh, he took it off as a while back and someone sent a picture at uh, the weekend of it. And it, that sort of just took me right back to 2015. So I remember brewing on that. We were, making four casks per brew and stuff like that. And it was just like, and now we're obviously, you know, brewing many, many more casks per per brew and per week. So yeah, it's that that sort of brought it back a little bit this weekend. 
It doesn't seem like seven years in some instances, though. Sometimes it seems longer, in others it seems shorter. Obviously, we've had the the two years of of COVID, which you know we've been we, we still were brewing because um, we were able to do obviously Canon. We've got the Canon machine and obviously takeouts as well. We're able to do that, but yeah, it's. Um, yeah, seven years. But you know what? We've had a, a blast during that time, you know, so we, we've never at all ever regretted setting up the, the brewery, you know, so because uh, we love what we do. Although Neptune has grown into a business that is known for making great beer and provides employment to a growing number of their team, there were never any grand plans in place from day one. Instead, it was an opportunity for the duo to tread a new path in a different field. I was jaded from what we were doing previously. So we got got to the end of, you know, wanted to do something else. I knew what we were doing wasn't for the rest of my life. We were both quite into the beer scene in Liverpool at the time. We'd go out and we'd, you know, we'd meet other like-minded people drinking. We knew some of the guys who were just starting up brew or had just started up brewing, the likes of Mad Hatter and Liverpool Craft and stuff like that. And it was just like, let's have a little go of this. And, you know, it's it was part fun because you know it, it seemed to be a good industry to be in and i don't think we had any great expectations to start with that we would get to where we are and you know it was oh, i don't know the right word to describe it it was more than a hobby but it was not quite oh we're gonna take over the world that sort of thing it was somewhere in between we still to do that yes. yeah still to do that <laughs> So to some degree, maybe the initial thing would be to do it as a lifestyle business as such. You know, we'd make enough beer to, you know, to pay us a bit of a wage and, you know, we'd have some fun along the way. I think that's probably where it where it's sat to start with. And yeah, and after, you know, after the first year or so, then we sort of knew because people were buying the beer, asking for the beer, you know, seeking us out locally. We sort of knew then that, you know, we could probably make make a good go of it then. And we've pretty much expanded every year since then. We've added mm. fermenters on and, you know, up the, the brew length and things like that. We've gone on to, you know, bigger mash tons so we can make larger, you know, bigger bigger ABV beers. And, yeah, we've took on staff pretty much all the way through that as well, including last year. We, you know, we took on two and a half staff. One was part-time. So in, in the last sort of six months, we've, you know, we've increased the, the staff again. Yeah. We've never ran before we could walk, if you like. Everything we've done has always been done organically because we've heard of so many breweries buying bigger kits and not having the sales to, you know, to utilise, obviously, um, the, the brews on that or they've gone under for other reasons. Um, we've not wanted to do that because, obviously, everything that we, you know, we put everything back into to the brewery. And it's that approach that has seen Neptune's output and reputation steadily grow year on year since 2015. With their current production capabilities, they've built a name on reliability and consistent core beers. But that doesn't mean they're afraid to diversify and experiment either. We've gone to a, well, a 10 hectolitre kit. Um, we brew five days a week, um, pretty much every week. So we're producing upwards of 50 heck a week now. And that is pretty much as much as we can do without sort of killing ourselves because, you know, we still need the day off. 
Uh, we have eight fermenters, so we can actually, you know, we've, we've got one which we can lager in and just leave, you know, leave a lager in there, which doesn't impact the rest of the brewing schedule. So we can do that. But most of it now is core beer. Uh, we've built up a decent core range of beers, which we brew two of every week. And the others are probably bi-weekly now. Yeah, rotation. And then we can we just drop all the beers in between. Then you know, as as and when we 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 we've got the space in the schedule. Yeah. Um. So yeah, and the the aim is to go up to a twenty-five hec kit and keep the one we've got as well running alongside. So the the bigger kit will be for the core beers and you know the the volume, and then we'll keep the smaller kit for playing about with. Yes, we're going to do some experimental beers on a smaller yeah. side as well. So that'll be interesting. People aren't used to getting double IPAs and things off us. And every now and again, when we can fit one in, we, we do them. But it'll be good to try and get more of that sort of, you know, because obviously the industry obviously changes rapidly with styles and things. And it'd be nice to get, as well as the core beers we're, we're known for, to try and get a second stream of beers going in, which are a little bit more out there with, you know, with ABVs and obviously different uh, adjuncts maybe and things like that we can put in just to, you know, to, to make us a little bit more, I don't know, is sexy the right word? I don't know. <laughs> the duo know there's nothing at all wrong being known for sessionable, consistent beers. But they also have that desire to brew a broad number of styles also. Bros, we're, we're known for, as I always say, we brew beer, that, that's beer. Yeah. You know, there's people out there that brew some crazy beers and they do that well. So we don't feel we need to tap into to that. We drink, we, we brew very, very drinkable beers. Um, one you can have, you know, beers you can have more than one or two pints of. But it's, as Les has just said, it's nice to be able to brew something that's a little bit different as well. Uh, maybe that's not, you know, expected from us. Yeah. So we want to be able to to do that as well, just to, for a change. But, you know, we're not one to follow fashion or trends. You know, we only brewed our first New New, uh, New England Pale about five months or thereabouts yeah, again. We, you yeah. know, we brew what our customers we know are going to, to drink what they want. And... And yeah, yeah, you know, we're not necessarily followers of yeah. fashion. If you like, though, have that. It's 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 amusing sometimes when you see beers coming out. Like lots of breweries are now doing bitters. Well, that's not new to us. We've been doing that since we, you know, our inception. Bitters and miles and those styles of of beers. But yeah, we seem to be coming back in fashion. She says in inverted commas. However, whether it's a bitter, mild, or a pale ale. Hearing positive feedback about the beers they brew never gets old. And Julie and Les appreciate the growing brand recognition that comes with it. That's definitely helped us because, as I say, you know, the, a lot of people, you know, you have the, if you like, the crafty people who want to try every new beer that comes out by different breweries, and, and that's fine if that's what they want. But then... You have a lot of people who just want to go out, have a pint, and yeah, and enjoy yeah. a couple of easy drinking beers, and you know, and that's for for us. That's that's what yeah. we do, and we're known for our consistency 
as well. If you have mosaic one week and then don't have it for another four or five weeks, you'll taste the same beer exactly as you had previously. It's important to us consistency and not to, you know, to deviate from the recipe or anything yeah. like that. I think going back to what you said, the the aim of what we do, especially with the lower ABV beers, the you know the, the four to five percent beers, is I like that. You know, the, you, you buy one at the bar, you go, oh, "That was nice." I'll have another one rather than go, "Oh, that was nice." What's next? What else is there? And you know, we get feedback from pubs. They go, "Oh, yeah, we put that cask on, and there was a table of four people, and they, you know, they went through six pints each or whatever it may be because they just like it." And that's, I think that's what we're as you say what we're known for and then you get sort of obviously you mentioned john keelan to get someone like john with his caliber who actually appreciates what we do that's quite um yeah you know it, it, it's, it's it gives you that warm fuzzy feeling that someone who's been in the industry for such a long time yeah. appreciates the beer you, that you make while someone like john keeling is no stranger to aging beers in the form of fuller's venerable vintage ale series Neptune Brewery continues to expand their barrel-aged output, the most recent of which was a barrel-aged version of its American barley wine, Water of Love. Water of Love, which is the ones that we've just brought out now, which is the American barley wine. We originally, Les and I like barley wines and we've been wanting to do it for ages. So when we hit our 30th wedding anniversary in July last year, the two of us decided to, to brew that. So um, that went out in September, the first batch, and that was was very well received and we said well you know for our seventh birthday let's put some aside so les chose the the barrels that he wanted to put that beer into which was a sherry and and a rum and we held back some of the original barley wines as well to do as a special um box set if you like so yeah people who drank at the weekend we've got the, the sherry barrel aged on in the tap room um, people were loving it. They were saying yeah. how nice it was. So when the cans head out this week, hopefully people are going to be able to, you know, en enjoy them. We look forward to hearing, you know, the yeah. feedback. And they're all 9%. We kept them at the same volume. So, you know, not too big and, you know, just to be equal, mm. really. Wasn't yeah, it? I think we've we battle-aged a few beers now. I wouldn't say we quite got a battle-aging project on the go, but we do tend to try and stick at least two beers away. You know, each year and you know sort of just let them let them develop and mature and wherever else and see, see what comes out and it's a bit of fun obviously to you know because you don't know what's going to come out until you taste it and again hopefully with the expansion we'll be able to to put a little bit more time aside and start you know sort of putting a little bit more into into the aging and stuff like that but yeah. at the moment it is a little bit uh, we haven't got the space to do it you know, yeah. to, to give it a, a really good go. But we've, you know, we've got, I think, 10 battles now, which, you know, we sort of have dotted in the brewery and we can, uh, yeah, we get them, get, get beer in them when we can. Lucky patrons to the Neptune Tap Room would have been able to try these beers from the source during its recent birthday celebrations. And both Julie and Les are heartened to see the ongoing role the Tap Room plays in the brewery's role within the community. When we opened, the taproom opened in May 2019, um, we did know what to, to expect because we're on an industrial estate, but we were hoping that the community 
would support us because where we are, we are literally, there's housing estates either side, if you like. So it was never something we thought we've got to rely on the tap room. The, the breweries first and foremost is the business and the tap room was the, the cherry on the cake, if you like. Um, so when we opened it, it was okay, let's see how it goes. Because a lot of the pubs around where we are in Magull are tied pub coast. So for, for us, it was bringing, you know, some quality craft beer into the area. And we were absolutely blown away about from the support and the attendance that, that we've got. We were so busy every weekend. And as such, obviously COVID hit and, you know, people still support us massively from buying cans. We were doing, you know, a lot of small pack as well as opens up to do takeout when we could. Um, and that continues, yeah. you know, so we are so grateful, not just for the community, but we have a lot of people who travel to, to visit us as, as well. I think we've we've become uh, we've got quite a few people now, and we are just the the pub. They go out once a week, and they come to us on a Saturday. Um, you know, the, the, we found people who be oh, friends coming from Bournemouth for argument's sake, and they and they bring them along because you know they've been raving about us to these people over over lockdown, and well, we need to go to this place when we come. Yeah. And it's nice that people who come regularly feel comfortable enough and happy enough to bring the friends as well when they come to visit. Uh, so yeah, I think we have become the local for a lot of people. Um, we don't have any TV, we don't have any you know distractions. People come, they sit, they chat to each other, and they go, "Oh, I've seen you walking the dog or whatever it may be." Mm. And oh yeah, and you know, but by the end of the night, they're all you know good mates, and you know. Yeah, it's very much about uh, community, and our seating is communal as well. We don't have like individual twos and fours. The, you know the long benches yeah. that that we have so people have to sit next to, to each whether, other whether they want like to or, or not, not. um <laughs> but yeah yeah we do have music we have background music on yeah. as well but as les said we'll never have a television or anything like that there's plenty of pubs around the area um and in the city if they want to do that and and that's what people like they come away they want to enjoy good beer yeah. And they want to just chat and, and have a nice time. And we're dog friendly as well. We absolutely do people bringing, you know, the, the pooches in as well. And we do allow children up until five o'clock. So, you know, we don't want to discourage families from, from coming in. So one till five, you know, if you've got children, you can bring them in. The food vendors are here, you know, get some lunch. Um, and yeah, you know, it's a, it's, it's a nice atmosphere. And then from five o'clock onwards, it's adult time only. Within brewing, we often talk about sense of place and the role provenance plays in the beers we drink. But when it comes to the brewery itself, does the environment define the type of business Neptune Brewery has become? I think Liverpool's got still quite a, a traditional outlook on breweries. The, the pubs and things are still very much cask-focused. Uh, there's one or two bars now which are you know, obviously more, more craft-orientated, shall we say. But there's still a, a big heritage of sort of traditional boozers and things like that. And that's how we started off, just by making cask beer. In the first 12 months or so, I think everything we did was just in cask. And does it have we got the identity because of where we are? Maybe we have. I think if you're in Manchester, you might be a little bit more pressured into doing 
one or the other or both, a mixture of both. And yeah, I think because they're a bit more, I say Manchester especially now is sort of a lot more cosmopolitan. It's a massive city. There's growth everywhere. Um, it's got, and obviously you've got the likes of Cloudwater and Track who are sort of setting that trend for the for the for the beer styles. And I think we started up pretty much at the same time as Cloudwater. And obviously they've gone in their direction and we sort of went in our direction. And whether that's down to the geography or just the people who frequent the cities, I don't know. Yeah. I think Liverpool, just adding on to that, Liverpool, yeah, it is still much cast city, but you know, there it is there are a lot more, I say, than than one or two, I would suggest, that are doing now, you know, craft beers, keg yeah. and everything, because people now want a, a mixture of of more yeah. beers. And I think that will evolve a lot more over the Absolutely, next year or yeah. two. Mm-hmm. It is quite sad in some respects that Liverpool gets overlooked for a lot of events for its, you know, for its friend down the road, um, which I find quite quite sad because we have a, we do have a lot to offer. It's a fantastic city, Liverpool. Um, you you know, people come to visit and they always say how much of a great time that that yeah. they've had. So it would not be nice to see you know more things going on, more more events in in Liverpool. But one beer that is resonating with Neptune's customers both in Liverpool and further afield is Razom. A 4.5% Belgian whip beer, Razom, which means together, is brewed using a recipe from Lviv, Ukraine-based Pravda Brewery, which is designed to show support at a time when they are unable to brew themselves. Every penny of profit Neptune makes from sales of this beer will be donated to the Disasters Emergency Committee Ukraine Humanitarian Appeal. Customers who purchase the cans are also encouraged to donate any further funds they can via a QR code. All casks and kegs of Razom have already sold out to trade, with some of Neptune's hospitality partners also pledging to donate all profits of sales of the beer on the bar to the appeal. Neptune was contacted by the Bradford Ukrainian Club due to the crossover in aims and ethos of their own Razom project, a help yourself shop for refugees. Proceeds from the sales of the kegs and cans of the beer that they have purchased will be used to raise further funds for their shop, with money going directly to support those arriving in Bradford. With kind donations of some malt from Brewers Select, yeast from Lalamand, and invaluable advice from British Guild of Beer Writers member Lana Svitankova, Neptune gives special thanks to them. With this beer, the birthday barley wines, and an upcoming delicious collaboration Brewed for International Women's Day, there's no shortage of exciting new releases from Neptune Brewery. But going forward, there's even bigger plans afoot. We are actively looking for new premises at the moment, and we've identified the brew kit we want. So we're just waiting to find somewhere just to push the button and go, right, let's do it. So hopefully by the end of the year, we will be in 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 a new home with the new brew kit. I think this year now, I think we're getting a little bit more uh, traction through distribution around the, around the country. So I think it's establishing us, our core range, especially in obviously different cities that you know we, we couldn't deliver to directly ourselves normally. So obviously London, the South Coast, and you know, in sort of areas we can't deliver to on our own, under our own steam. Uh, I think that's 
probably the most important thing at the moment, I think, is just to get recognised all over the country for our, our core beers and, you know, build on the the reputation we've already we've already got and then yeah once the new the new kit lands then you know we'll be able to play about a bit and you know obviously as well expand the, the staff we've got as well you know obviously once yeah. we get the new kit in we'll need more people to to operate The Brewers Journal podcast is a production of Reby Media, produced and hosted by me, Tim Sheehan. And me, Ross McPherson. Sound engineering by Ross McPherson. Series supervision by John Young. The executive producer is Rory Harris. And a special thanks to Julia Grady and Les O'Grady at Neptune Brewery. <laughs>